You're listening to The Drawing Board, episode 002. This podcast will explore architecture, life, school, and faith. My name is Jacob Slagle, and I'm your host. Today we're going to be talking about studio culture, how to succeed, how to balance, and how to break some long-standing traditions. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another installation of The Drawing Board. As always, this episode is presented by the CBU chapter of AIS for your listening pleasure. I'm super excited about this episode as we dive into the beast of architecture school that is studio. Design studios and architecture schools represent the bulk of the education experience and where young future architects forge their skills. Of course, there are other classes in the curriculum, but they eventually filter back into your design work that you're doing in studio. Today, I'm going to break down some basic rules of engagement for studio success, and then we're going to hear from a couple people that really have this whole studio thing figured out. So, studio. For those of you who haven't had the pleasure of taking a design studio yet, this will seem like a totally foreign concept to you. The rest of your college classes are pretty much the professor lecturing while you're taking notes, and then you're turning in assignments when they're due. If you're here at CBU, you get a little bit of a taste of some preliminary design classes where you work a little bit more collaboratively with your professor, but all your other classes are pretty much following the old model. Studio, on the other hand, is this wild, free, crazy class where you pretty much have a goal and a set of deadlines, and you find your own way to get there. The professor is always there to guide you, critique, and help you along the way, but you're primarily working on your own. Studios at CBU are six units. That's 12 hours a week of formal class time. But you will probably only have a handful of lectures throughout the semester, and you'll most certainly spend more than a handful of hours in the studio outside of your formal class time. Emphasis on more than a handful, but we'll talk about that later. As it turns out, it takes a lot of time to design things. Buildings are complex, design concepts don't just appear out of thin air. In fact, if you spent every waking hour on your design projects, you still wouldn't feel like you had enough time to make it perfect. This never-ending pursuit can drive people crazy. I've seen it. You want to do well, obviously, but if you aren't careful, you can fall into a pattern of neglecting everything else in your life besides studio. There are a couple specific areas that are especially crucial to pay attention to when you start out and things start to get piled up in the studio. I'm going to dive into those in a little bit, and then we're going to hear from Josh about how he's been able to work through some of those common problems and become a more efficient and better designer along the way. So the first thing we need to talk about are your physical needs. Sleep, food, staying hydrated, even personal hygiene. These all seem like things that are natural to take care of and don't require any extra thought, but we see it all the time. Shoot, in the past, I've been the person neglecting those things. It starts with eating and drinking. So picture this. You're up against a deadline. You're working hard. You're in the groove. You don't want to have to put everything down to eat lunch. Why would you do that? You'll ruin your flow. So you skip lunch. Then, as dinner rolls around, you feel kind of the same way. Maybe other people aren't getting up to go leave and eat. Maybe you just feel really behind. Or, you know, whatever reason it is, you just decide you don't eat it right now and you'll eat later. And then... The end of the day comes, and you haven't eaten at all. The same kind of logic goes for staying hydrated. You get locked in at your desk and forget you need these things to function. I actually watched a close friend of mine collapse right next to me because they had been working like crazy and forgot to drink water all day. I tell people all the time, you have to eat. Food is your body's fuel, and without it, you start to slow down, and ultimately, you end up getting less work done than you would have if you even just took 30 minutes to grab a snack. Beyond food and drink, the big thing architecture students are notorious for is staying up all night. The infamous all-nighter. 
architecture students across the country have been trained by the previous generation that all-nighters should be worn as a badge of pride or looked at as a rite of passage for new students. I think as students, a lot of times we look to people who are a couple years ahead of us or maybe even our professors and try to find the best way through architecture school by using their example. Unfortunately, many times the people we look to fall into the same traps that we're trying to avoid. Part of the problem is that architecture is a huge field. There's a ton of information that it crams in over the course of four or five years. And to make matters worse, at CBU we run a five-year MARC program. So if our professors pulled all-nighters, the classes ahead of us pulled all-nighters, and even myself and the people next to me have done them, then why am I talking about changing that? I don't think anyone denies that all-nighters are bad. Most people have just resigned to believing that they're a necessary evil. But... I refuse to accept that we can't do better for ourselves. I refuse to believe that our relationships and our health have to be sacrificed in order to study architecture. I believe our generation has not only the power, but the responsibility to change what it means to be an architecture student. I've met people my age from across the country that are champions of design that is responsible to the environment, design that's socially responsible, design solutions that will have serious impact on the world as we know it. But the one thing no one is talking about is how to be responsible to ourselves. Sure, there are debates about this here and there, but it's time to get serious about it. The only way we can truly do that is by being that change. Now, I'm going to jump off my soapbox for just a minute, and we're going to talk to Josh about his CEO experience and how that's been so far and how things have changed for him. Josh is one of my fellow fourth-year students and the current AIS vice president at CBU. Josh is one of the people that has really come alongside me to not only change his studio habits, but really think about the example that we set for students coming in behind us. So Josh, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you here. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for bringing me on board. I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for coming on, Josh. The first question I have for you is, how has your studio experience been here at CBU over the last four years? Yeah, I've, I've loved my studio experience here. Um, in these four years, it's really pushed my creativity to the limit. Um, the projects have been Increasingly challenging as time goes on, but I think it's so interesting to grapple with all of the factors that we have to deal with now and still remember those early principles we learned in first year and second year studio. Um, And of course, the relationships that have come out of the studio have been remarkable, especially as we've journeyed. Um, I've gone with you to DC. I've gone to Italy and beyond with several of my studio friends. I would not have it any other way. All right. So I've already talked a little bit to the listeners about how Architecture Studio is different from other things in college, but can you maybe talk a little bit about your expectations for Studio when you were coming in? I had no idea what Architecture School would be like before I entered. Um, When I was a freshman, I spent quite a bit of time with the, uh, currently they're the fifth years, but back then they were the sophomore class. And from them, them, I learned a bit about what Studio could be like, uh, all the all-nighters that that architecture students tend to pull. So I think I did expect to have just a lot of really late nights, a lot of time spent just in studio coming in. Okay, so we'll definitely get to some of that stuff about late nights and all-nighters a little bit later on in the interview. But for right now, can you maybe talk about how your actual experience these past four years has matched up against the expectations you had coming in? Well, I've always tried to push myself as hard as I could with the projects, and oftentimes that's resulted in late nights in studio, all-nighters, Um, to the exclusion of a lot of other things that were really important. So, yes, the time I've spent in studio has resulted in good projects, but um, over the years I've been really able to hone in on what's important. So I've cut out a lot of things that aren't actually big factors in my life where they shouldn't be. Um, A lot of like bad habits that we're able to trim down on and actually focus on things like relationships and friendships outside of studio, 
uh, making sure that work gets done whenever it can, instead of just as late as it can, or at the expense of sleep, for instance. Okay, so actually on that same note, can you maybe talk a little bit about how you balance school and work and social life, and maybe some of your strategies for doing those things? Well, one thing I've always tried to do that I think is a little bit different from the experience of most people is I carry a sketchbook everywhere. And especially during the early conceptual phase of a project, which I think is one of my strengths, um, anytime an idea comes to me, whether it's after I've settled in to go to bed or I'm on a car drive somewhere or just anywhere I happen to be, if an idea hits me or even just like an idea for a section or something, out comes my sketchbook and there is the idea for next time I'm in studio. Um, I remember there was one time when we were on a trip to Portland, uh, Oregon, for an AIS conference. I had my computer in the back seat. I think you remember that. Um, you know, finishing up that SketchUp model because there are a lot of times when we are in the middle of something that's not related to school, but there's nothing preventing us from um, getting some work done on the side. So driving has always been a great opportunity for me to get a little bit of school done on the side. Um, you know, if I'm sitting down at the park, I could also have an idea that goes into my sketchbook and there it stands. So um, I've never been the best at setting limits for myself with regards to like, I know I'm gonna spend an hour on this and then it's going to get done. The people who are able to do that, it's a fantastic success and I aspire to be more like that. But um, I guess my big strategy has always been, let's fill in the little gaps, the little 15 minute breaks here and there with just a little bit of work that chips away at the bigger, the bigger project. I totally agree with some of your strategies for working more efficiently, especially when we talk about taking some short breaks here and there just to refocus your mind. Now, we've had a lot of conversations in the past about all-nighter culture, and in the past, we've spent some late nights working together. Oh. Yes, we have. <laughs> now, can you maybe tell the listeners a little bit how you've gone away from that, and what has changed to start to get you away from that all-nighter culture? Well, I think you have to think about the long term. For the short term, and I know that a lot of us go through this, especially when we're sophomores in studio, it seems like, oh, a few all-nighters or a few super late nights in studio aren't going to do any harm. But over the long term, you're thinking about spending five years here as a student, and it needs to last, and your energy and your motivation needs to be able to continue through all that time. Um, and then for me, uh, sleep has always been extremely important as a way to even increase my memory for the next day and be alert. It's always better to be alert and ready during a critique and able to really accept the feedback that your critics give you and allow that to challenge you and really come into your mind and into your thought process than to be sleeping at the back of the room. So um, one thing, like one strategy is if you do have to spend an all-nighter, or not an all-nighter, if you do have to have a late night, try to get it earlier in the process. Try to put in the work ahead of time. The same thing with, for example, if you are um, doing a laser cut model. The best possible thing you can do is put more work in up front to make sure that you've thought about your uh, material thicknesses, thought about everything that could happen when you're actually putting the model together while it's still in the computer. That way, when you actually get the parts and pieces, they um, can come together. So putting in work up front to make it easier for you later on is important. Instead of spending one night where you work all through the night, try to spread it out, you know, work every night until 10 or 11 rather than a few nights until 4. I think those would be some of my top strategies. Yeah, those are some great strategies. 
Now, this is a daunting task, but I want you to give me some advice for us upperclassmen as the next generation of architecture students come in behind us and they look to us to see what their future will look like and what they need to be doing today to get to where we are. Yeah, I think, I think this goes back to one of the things that I really loved when I was entering this CB architecture program that actually made me want to first get involved in student leadership and then um, just stay and be as invested in this program as I could. And that is that when I first came here to CBU and met up with the classes who were above me and we first formed our early studio culture back in sophomore year, there was this real spirit of um, basically setting out on this path together. We're all working towards accreditation right now. That's a mission that we all share. It's not something that's unique to any one of us. Um, so back then it always seemed like, you know, we share things. We share rulers, we share materials, we share advice, we share ideas, we talk about our projects with others. Um, and then we visit the people in other studios. I'm always really interested in seeing how are other students doing on their projects? How can I possibly help them, offer advice? Wh what inspiration can I get from them as well? Um, I got to see some of the sophomore projects recently, some super amazing uh, projects and drawings just on the walls as I look around this room. We're, we're recording this in the break room right now. Um, I love to really just invest more in the, in all of the students who are here. And remember that we are working towards the end goal. And even when we get out into the profession, the end goal is a better world. We're doing architecture because we care about the built environment. And that's something that affects every one of us here and all generations in the future. So my big advice, uh, if I could be qualified to offer any, is just um, remember that architecture isn't about you. Uh, always keep that motivation at the core of everything that you do. Josh, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I think you gave us some great advice and you shown some light on some things that we really need to focus on here at CBU and in the architecture student community at large. I really hope that we can have you on again sometime in the future. And I have to say thank you on behalf of all the drawing board listeners for sharing that great insight with us today. Thanks, Jacob. Happy to help. So Josh had a lot of really great points in that interview, but one that really stuck out to me was how studio can affect your personal relationships. Now I'm talking about your friends, your family, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. These are people that are important to your life and integral to your life and integral to your well-being. And when you only focus on studio, you're not focusing on them. Now, I think a lot of people get caught in the struggle between wanting to do well in school and wanting to be well and have good, strong relationships with people but I don't see why you can't do both. Like we were talking before, I don't believe that we have to reduce ourselves um, in our personal lives or in our social lives in order to do well in architecture school. I just refuse to take that as truth. Now, I'm gonna have somebody on the show who is widely considered to be the queen of studio life balance. She is one of the best designers at CBU, consistently one of the top projects in her class, always exciting to see her work. And she has a thriving social life. You can always catch her at some local coffee shop out just hanging out with her friends. And I am going to try to pick her brain for your guys' benefit and hopefully for my benefit because I've been trying to figure out her secret for a long time now. Uh, but without further ado, I'd like to welcome Ashley to the show. Ashley, could you maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself first? All right. Um, my name is Ashley. I'm a senior this year. Um, so, yep, fourth year in architecture studio. Fun fact, I'm from Montana. <laughs> Ashley, thanks so much for coming on the show today. So I've already told the listeners a little bit about you. I've bragged a little bit on your behalf. But the first question I have for you is the question that everybody has on their mind. And that is, 
How in the world have you managed to have such a successful, thriving social life and consistently be one of the top students in the fourth year class? That is a good question. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is prioritizing my time and learning to take breaks between my studio work and my other classes. So I'll work on a chunk of something and then I have to take a break, hang out with my friends, do social things so that I come back renewed and ready to keep working. Now on that note, talking about your friends, can you maybe speak a little bit to the importance of having an external support network outside of studio? Yes, I think it's super important to have a community and friends even within architecture and without, like outside of architecture as well because you get so caught up in your own work or you spend long hours in studio and it's important to have people to encourage you um, and kind of have an outside perspective and then you can also see other people's perspectives um, as well as that. Okay, so we already know that you do great work and I think probably my favorite part of your process is your diagramming skills. But beyond that, do you have any special um, kind of design strategies that help you to stay efficient and to work quickly when projects get tough? Um, I think for me, I have to prioritize what's more important and get that done first. And then I like to give myself time constraints when I work. So I'll sit down and say, I have two hours to work on this and whatever gets done gets done. I'll come back to it later. Um, and I like to take breaks in between when I work. So I'll work on maybe something for studio and take a break, um, go to a different class and come back to it. So I'm more refreshed and ready to take on whatever I didn't get done before. Okay. So I know a lot of times you're a lot more stressed than you'll ever let on or show to anybody. <laughs> but what are some ways that you start to manage that stress when you need to? And also, how do you let that stress go when you don't need to be managing it? Mm, good question. Um, managing stress, I think the biggest thing is, again, like kind of like I said, figuring out what's really important, like what's worth stressing over and what's not worth stressing over. So if it's a final project deadline, obviously that's something that really needs to get done well. But if it's little things that you can kind of not let fall, but kind of not, not, it's not worth any tears, basically, kind of prioritize what's worth stressing over, and then taking breaks to manage your stress, so you're not just pulling long hours and long nights, but breaking it up. Perfect. I totally didn't pay her to say, don't pull long nights. Don't pull long nights. <laughs> now, my last question for you, Ashley, is not so much a question as much as it is asking you for maybe your best big picture advice for architecture students in our program and for any other students who are listening to the drawing board. Um, just what what is your number one best advice that you can give us today? <laughs> um I think something that helps me is having other things to do outside of studio um, because you get so in your head and you get stuck in your project, but having um, other people's perspectives um, kind of feed into your process and seeing what people outside of architecture are doing, seeing what's going on in other parts of CBU and just having something else to kind of balance your time between architecture and all the other parts of your life. All right, all right. That was some great advice. Ashley, thank you very much for coming on the show today. We very much value your input. Um, I hope that with that advice, we can start to all work towards a better work-life balance. All right, guys, before we wrap it up today, I want to just look back real quick at what we talked about. We talked a lot about what studio looks like, both the good and the bad, and some things we should be doing moving forward to make it better for everybody. 
This includes staying away from that all-nighter culture and being a lot stricter and more disciplined with our time management skills. It also includes fostering good relationships and not neglecting the community around you for the sake of a studio project. I know that I've found these tips to be helpful in my life, and I hope that you can find them to be helpful as well. In the next episode, we'll be discussing all things internships, how to get them, what do they look like, and how the heck do I work as well as doing this crazy thing called studio that I've just told you all about. As I said earlier, if there's a topic you would like us to cover, a question about something we talked about, or even if you just have a comment you want to leave, anything at all, please send an email to cbuaias at gmail.com with the drawing board in the subject line. I hope that this podcast can continue to be a discussion between all of us and be a platform for change, encouragement, and constructive conversation. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Jacob Slagle. Keep on drawing.